Between You and Me, the podcast for fabulous but possibly frazzled women who want to take charge of their lives. Co-hosted by Galway journalist and NLP coach Maria McHale and Dublin journalist and the midlife coach Alana Kirk. Because let's face it, between you and me, we'd all love to be able to press pause once in a while. So welcome to another podcast of Between You and Me. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about a subject that may make you feel very, very uncomfortable. Um, And that's because today's subject is learning how to sit with discomfort. Um, And not in the way that I might ask you to sit in a cold bath, um, (laughs) which I used to have to do after marathon training, but sitting with the feelings uh, in and around, uh, feelings that we don't like, like anger or sadness or frustration or guilt or shame or sadness or anything like that. Um, Something that we... And there's a scientific reason why we do this. We try to avoid at all costs. But why we're here to tell you that your life will be much better if you don't do that. Mm. And I think this is one of the big things about how being uncomfortable is actually a good thing. But it's something we have to train ourselves to do because obviously it doesn't feel very comfortable. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. (laughs) You do. And I think the biggest thing is um, often subconsciously, Um, You know, our primary function for our subconscious is to keep us safe. So um, that means keeping us in the comfort zone. So the minute we do anything that we deem as being new, different, a bit scary um, or, you know, just even having to confront someone or put a boundary down, it becomes a feeling that we don't like. It becomes uncomfortable and we get we get that. And I'm sure everyone has had that like oh, feeling where you're like, I don't like this. And that is that Let's feeling. Let's quickly eat some chocolate. Absolutely. Or drink gin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or switch on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the reason we decided to uh, do this topic was just after our uh, we had a sort of personal friendship uh, debrief after Christmas, <laughs> um, where each of us in our own separate way had had to sit with a certain amount of discomfort. Yeah. And not just because we ate too much turkey <laughs> and drank too much wine. Yeah. Uh, it was a very different kind of sitting with discomfort. Um, you know, for me, it was uh, coming to terms with not having the children for a certain part period over Christmas. Um, and, you know, whether you run away from that feeling or whether you sit with it. And what I've learned to do now is to experience it, live it and then choose how to respond to it which is what we're going to talk today and that's the key as opposed to go oh my god this feels awful I'm going to have a complete drama and uh, suck all my energy into a a space where I have no control um, and probably drink far too much red wine so uh, in the interests of uh, wine intake we are going to (laughs) discuss how it's actually really important to uh, get comfortable with discomfort true and similarly you know over Christmas I think you know just life in general is always changing there's always different things happening you know your children get to a certain age Um, I too didn't have my children at various points over Christmas and it's that kind of feeling of like this isn't the way it normally is so immediately you start going but I want it to be the way it normally is and of course things are changing and um, I suppose again like Alana just said there you know instead of immediately trying to distract with you know food drink or you know other activities that just accepting that actually this is a different moment this is a different way um and it's okay doesn't have 
you know, it's not the same, but that's all right too. And just, it's kind of a bit like we were talking about during the sleep episode. You kind of have to soothe yourself yeah, and just go, do you know what? It doesn't feel great because it's not the same as it was before, but nobody's going to die and we'll all get through it. And um, often we just, that's, you said the nail on the head, the soothing yourself, but we often soothe ourselves the wrong way. Yes. Um, by distracting ourselves from the, the feeling. Um, and so I liken it quite a lot to uh, last summer, I uh, decided to learn how to swim <laughs> at the grand old age of 49 um, as one of my kind of, I have a list of things that I'm trying to do that I'm afraid of. And I've swum all my life, obviously, but I've swim like my mother. So or she, she used to sit, you know, she looked like a real 1950s. She used to have the, the, the swimming cap on, which had flowers on it. Yeah. And then she had her lipstick on and she'd swim breaststroke with her head above the water. Her face never went under. Exactly. So last year I decided that I would take a swimming lesson on how to get my head under the water, put some goggles on. And it has absolutely transformed my experiences. And I would go to Donegal every summer. Um, and I'd always paddle about in the shallow end. I'd swim a bit as long as my face didn't get into the water. I didn't like the waves coming at me. Mm. And my kids are constantly, they're like, they're like you know, flippers. They're <laughs> constantly on the water. And it really actually affected my experience of, of the beach and everything else. And I'm a real sea lover. Now, if I'm in, in a warm country, I will be <laughs> in there all the time. So this last summer, I was able to run into the sea, plunge underneath the waves and become a mermaid in a way which was just transformative but um, a big part of that is actually overcoming the fear of the shock of the cold Mm. and uh, I'm not going to lie it is the Atlantic and it doesn't matter how (laughs) hot it gets in Donegal the the sea is fucking freezing okay so you have to steel yourself for this Mm. massive bodily shock which you know is going to happen now I have now overcome it so many times that I actually really look forward to yes. that discomfort yeah. and it's a weird thing and we're going to talk a little bit how how it actually becomes something you enjoy doing Absolutely. and how we now with various things in our life can go I know this is going to be uncomfortable I'm actually going to embrace this process because I know when you come out of it you're in control and you feel so much better but that initial Oh my God, I'm going to. And you know, now when I see people at beaches, whatever, and you see them and they're wading halfway up to their knees and then up to their thighs, and you just know they're getting colder and colder and colder. And then it hits their stomach, and you, the best thing to do is just plunge in. Mm. Um, and as I say, I, that's why I liken this to the discomfort piece, because if you, oh, I don't like it, it's a bit, ugh, and I don't want to feel that way, and I don't want to have to actually deal with those emotions, so I'm going to just, you know, paddle about in the shallow end a bit be a bit pissy about it maybe have a tantrum I don't like this situation and then run away you're never going to confront the glory of you know what is at the other side of that Um, and you know we're going to go into in a moment about how you can embrace that but you have all the science. Tell us why it's so important to do this. Well I think one of the big things is when we are scared or afraid or we're about to try something new you know we it's that there's a little bit of a fear of judgment, fear of failure. I'm, uh, am I going to be good at this? Is it going to be safe? You know, like say with swimming, that's one of the big fears. And I would have had, I mean, I do not like the cold. And um, I, I actually last summer, I also did a lot more sea swimming and I with a friend of mine. And what was really funny was because I decided that I was going to do it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would yeah. be. You know, it was yeah. really funny because even the first day we went in, we, I was kind of like, oh, 
I had built it up in my head to be this really uncomfortable, unpleasant thing. And, it, you know, as you say, once you kind of just walk in to the water and just keep going instead of torturing yourself. Yeah. And I suppose that's probably the best bit about if you're going to make yourself a bit uncomfortable, just jump. Because what happens is we tie ourselves in knots and the comfort zone is a very safe place. You know, it's it's I suppose the big thing for a lot of us is that we like routine. We want routine. We know what's going to happen next. It's safe. It's predictable. And a lot of people feel very, very nervous when they don't know what's going to happen next. But the weird thing is, actually, a lot of people are uncomfortable in their comfort zone. <laughs> yes. But the fear of changing their comfort zone to something they don't know yet, they fear that discomfort even more. They do. And that's where all our unhelpful beliefs and unnecessary behaviours kind of come in because we kind of label ourselves as, you know, I don't like doing X, Y, Z that makes me anxious or, you know, I'm unhappy or I hate my job. But And there'll be people, and I'm sure we all know someone who's complained about their job for years, but will we'll never actually leave. It, yeah, yeah, because it's easier. It's yeah. nearly like what the devil you know than the yeah. devil you don't. But we can actually change our brains and change our attitudes. And that's where the feeling uncomfortable has to kind of be embraced. Or the fear of, you know, the f and let's just sort of put some examples on it because we're actually not talking about physical discomfort. No. Although actually our bodies do yeah. uh, well, we create get physical yeah. Exactly. But it is things like not having the conversation with somebody that you need to have, breaking mm. up with somebody. I and mean, this is why ghosting has become such a damn thing because oh, it's, it's easier just yes. to be a horrible person and not respond than then, to have a two second text or yes. conversation. Yeah. Um, it could be sitting down and feeling like the sadness of, oh my goodness, my kids have gone off to their dads. Now they're happy. They've had a great Christmas. It was just a moment on, uh, on St. Stephen's Day for me um, because my mum obviously isn't around anymore. My mm. kids are gone. And I thought, oh, this isn't how I remember how St. Stephen's Day should be. Yes. Or this is, and there's that horrible word that as coaches we hate. Yeah, this is how, isn't how it should be. And I know enough about how these things work now that rather than go, right, I'm going to immediately get rid of this feeling because it's really unpleasant um, and I'm going to down three gins and eat all the leftover <laughs> selection boxes um, and weep into the Christmas tree. Um, I did go up and sit in the bed and just let it sit with me for a moment and go, oh, OK, I didn't expect this to be my experience. But what can I do with it? Yeah. Actually, the girls are happy. Actually, we had a good Christmas. Um, okay, so how do I feel? I'm feeling a bit, I need to nurture myself. Mm. And what I actually ended up doing, which was very unlike me, was I actually went for a run. Mm. I put some running gear on and I went for a run around the park just to get some fresh air and some clarity. And then I came home and I put on The Crown and I watched a couple of episodes of, of, of Nice TV and I went to bed. But if I had tried to shunt that feeling away... Um, I don't think I'd have had that nice clarity. I would have continued to feel sad. And I think we're definitely going to go into that of how yeah. if you know the feelings don't go away just because you suppress them. Yes. They're still very much there. You're just choosing not to acknowledge them yet. And they are like children. The more you ignore them, the more they want your attention. So they mm. will find other ways to, to, to come up. Whereas I sat for a few minutes, I acknowledged that I'm uh, this is this is sad. This is mm. a completely different expectation to what I imagined. But actually, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. And I think that is a huge one. Difficult conversations is another one, you know. Yeah. And the way I get through those now is to say, 
in 15 minutes, this conversation will be done. Yeah. And then I'll respond with the responses or, you know, giving a presentation. Now, yes. people feel sick at the thought of public speaking. Um, and so, but it's again, learning to deal with that. And I think we'll, we'll go into this, but sometimes it's really, really important to feel these feelings because they're A, telling us something, but B, they're making us stronger. And the thing is with feelings and the way I often describe it when I'm coaching lines is I say it's like, you know, a blow up beach ball, the little plastic ones that you often get. They're cheap and you just blow into them and then that you can play with them in the water. They're really kind of fly away. I always feel like if you imagine your feelings are like one of those beach balls and if you've ever tried to in the sea push one of those beach balls down into the water. It's so hard to do. You know, you're pushing it down. It takes such strength to push it down that you end up basically, eventually it, the water starts coming outside and usually it comes back and smacks you in the face. And that's what happens when you don't address feelings. So basically pushing them down um, will only work for a certain length of time and then they come back and bite you in the ass, basically. <laughs> and um, I think that's the bit where we need to understand that if we need to have a difficult conversation, if we need to put boundaries in place with someone, if we need to have a conversation with a work colleague or a friend or a family member, if people are doing something that, you know, often it's around things that we're not that happy about, that, you know, we actually can understand that, as you said, we might feel uncomfortable for a little minute, but afterwards we'll feel better. Yeah. And so the whole point is that the more you push yourself a little bit to feel uncomfortable the more your brain understands that it's okay, it's okay and you're not going to die that feeling uncomfortable is okay and what happens to a lot of us is we cannot even bear even that kind of minuscule first bit of uncomfortableness and we just retreat back to the comfort zone and we never change anything so we end up walking around feeling bitter resentful you know put upon um overworked whatever it is or or often just not allowing ourselves to shine because we don't take chances. But I think there's another really important reason why this is so important. Um, if we suppress the feeling, if we don't just, and I mean, I'm not talking about sitting in it with it for two hours and wallowing. There's a huge difference between acknowledging your discomfort and wallowing yes. <laughs> and being the martyr. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, woe me. I'm feeling really sad. Um, it's not about that at all. It is just about acknowledging that this is a feeling. Um, but uh, I think one of the reasons we fear that is because we think maybe we're a failure. Mm. And that's, I think for women especially, that's a big thing because um, if I'm not happy, if it isn't all worked out according to plan, if I'm not playing along, then, you know, uh, there's something wrong with me. Mm. It's my fault. I'm so There's something wrong with me. But, you know, we've got to get over this damn fairy tale that your life is a failure unless you're happy 100% of the time. That is not how life works. No. Life is ups and downs and twists and turns and ins and outs and, you know, good days and bad days. And uh, so it's, it's you know, and, and sometimes if we're just uncomfortable about something, it is actually because it's the next step to through change. Yes. And, you know, the biggest precluder to change is awareness. And you don't get awareness unless you sit with the feeling because it's not the feeling that is the issue. It's the thought behind the feeling. Mm. And often we think we're feeling sad because of X. But if you sit with it for a minute and think, what's the thought? What am I actually feeling? Oh, oh, it's why. Oh, OK. Well, no, I can actually do something about why. Mm. And that's the, the problem bit then, because the reason we we go into feeling uncomfortable is because we're 
we know that to make it the uncomfortableness going away, we're basically looking to change something. And often we don't like to change. And often for most of us, change only happens when the damaging behaviour that we're doing, you know, however it's affecting us or the belief is affecting our everyday lives so that we basically that's when the uncomfortableness is about the only way we can get through it. So we will feel uncomfortable because we know we can't take any more of what's been going on already. And that's what makes you change. So being uncomfortable, you know, if you keep retreating, you won't change. But if you stick with that uncomfortable feeling, um, you basically what you're doing is taking steps forward into changing what's making you unhappy. And it kind of it's a, I suppose but it's some empowering. people are afraid of that. Oh, I mean, hugely one of the biggest afraid. things I have is with some of my clients is, you know, um, we're chatting away and they're telling me about their life and uh, there's definitely, um, quite often what I would ask them is what are your tolerations? So what are the mm. things that you're tolerating in your life right now? Um, and what we try and do is look at all the areas where they're getting a bit more joy and where the things that make them, give them energy and energising. And we try and reduce the tolerations. But uh, and it's amazing how much stuff people tolerate, yet they're afraid of the slight discomfort yes. of maybe changing those tolerations yes. or getting rid of them. And a lot of that is because we just haven't processed that feeling enough to understand what's really driving the discomfort in the first place. And the big thing is that we have to be really, really, really miserable almost to the point of we cannot take it anymore a lot of the time before we will actually make the change. And so even that, then, we yes, don't have to make no, the change. No, and that's the bit where people stay stuck in that particular pace. And so, you know, what happens is, you know, we only challenge ourselves to kind of make a change when the loss gets too high so that we end up not being able to, you know, we're struggling to make the change and we have to take a look at what discomfort we're avoiding and what's stopping us make that change. And, you know, it, facing the fact that we have power over our feelings and over our lives and that that uncomfortable feeling is just a feeling. And I think what's really, and again, a lot of this is conditioning and a lot of this is just, you know, bullshit society stuff that, you know, we only, mm. we only have to live happily ever after. Mm. You know, I, I think, you know, no one, no one gave us a permission slip that says, you know, you, you're only allowed to be happy in life. You have to go through all the ups and downs and actually it makes us that bit stronger. But obviously we know through all of the research that uh, emotions actually affect how we learn, what we learn, how we build and sustain relationships. Emotions affect our physical health, our mental health. Yet we don't actually give enough thought or emotion or, or, mm. or attention to what our feelings actually mean. And I did a recent thing, with you know, as, as, as a mother of three kids, you know, and three girls, um, our house is, you know, I've said this before, the horror house of hormones, you know. <laughs> um, and sometimes just the emotions can get overwhelming for everybody. So one day I, I got a bit of, bit of paper and I said, everyone just name emotions that we, we, we understand. Fill the page with this massive page of, of, of emotions. And I mean, half of those emotions you'd feel in the space of five minutes, <laughs> yes, you know. Yes. And I was trying to explain to them, it's a, you know, it's a roller coaster and this is completely and utterly normal. Mm. The key is not to think that your emotions are you. Yes. Um, you know, and the way I always describe it is, you know, you are the sky and your emotions are the clouds that come and go. They will pass by. But we think that the that and a discomfort or an uncomfortable emotion is something that's going to last us forever. It's not. Mm. It will pass. Yeah. Often quicker if we actually just acknowledge it um, and then 
you know, move on with, with, with how we're, we're going. But uh, I remember once being trapped in this. And, you know, sometimes when you're sitting with discomfort, you're, you can feel a little bit trapped. Mm. You know, my mum, when she obviously had her stroke, for example, I hated that feeling of grief and loss. Mm. But as long as I sat in the space where I wasn't accepting what had happened, that's a really horrible space to be because oh, you cannot change anything no. about it. So I had to go through the discomfort of accepting that things were never going to be the same again. Mm-hmm. That that this was the new reality. And only then, you don't have to like it. Yeah. But at least you're in charge. At least you can go, okay, I can accept the situation. Now, how do I deal with it? And I think ultimately, there's the acknowledgement that we can only change ourselves, that we can't be responsible for everyone else. And that, so that That's discomfort... Right. We cannot yeah. change the behaviour of another person, yes. no matter how much we try. I wish I'd known this <laughs> a really, really long time ago, because I would have saved myself so much oh hassle and God. aggro. But, you know, it is one of those kind of, again, awareness, you know, we're so, we were, we were joking before, we're so woke, but, you know. We're so aware sometimes that, you know, it's it's like, how did I not know this stuff before? But I found really, really, you know, that understanding that it's a message very few of us actually want to hear that we can, with a bit of discomfort, change ourselves. That's all mm. we can do. We can only change ourselves. And people do it all the time. And I, I was just saying to Lana that earlier, I always remember I interviewed uh, Dr. Harry Barry um, several years ago for an article I was writing at the time. And he's written some great books about um, flagging depression, flagging anxiety. He's done a lot on, you know, what um, makes people tick and, and how they kind of move in and out of depression and anxiety. And he was brilliant. I, I, I always remember this and tell as many people as possible because he was basically saying the biggest problem that we as humans have is this kind of what he described as a major problem and it's like low frustration tolerance and basically it's where we're close to moving on or changing ourselves but we don't like this discomfort we're feeling and so we slip back into our old ways and we can go up and back a bit like a wave you know we'll go forward a bit then we'll go back a bit we'll go forward because we don't like that feeling and that low of taking fo- the plunge basically yes. into the cold taking dark control <laughs> it's taking control and saying that actually you know so what happens is you know we can't tolerate even a little bit of discomfort or anxiety and you hear people saying things like you know I do want the situation to change but I don't want to feel that feeling I don't want to feel like that um, but I do want to change but I don't want to feel like that but if you're frustrated in your job or fuming and you want your boss to change or your partner to change or your kids to change um, you need to think about changing your thinking because nothing will happen waiting for someone else to change and so there's no amount of discomfort you can get into that will actually change your circumstances there. And a good way, now we're going to, in a few couple of minutes, go into sort of what can we do mm. to, to make sitting with discomfort a bit more comfortable. Um, <laughs> a really nice thing to do is sometimes is to try and set yourself into a neutral space. Mm. And that is to say, um, I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to think about this person because it's going to make me feel sad. Or I don't want to be angry, so I'm not even going to think about processing Mm. what happened there because I don't want to go down there. So uh, shutting out those thoughts and feelings, all that does is make those feelings stronger. Mm. Anything we resist actually becomes stronger. It's the only the things that we you know, he- look at face on are the things that we can do something about. So um, I know it's our instinct and there are all kinds of reasons why our brain goes into fight or flight. Um, because we just don't want to deal with that discomfort. But it will get stronger. The lion will get bigger. The roar will get louder. 
And unless you deal with that discomfort of of sadness or guilt or shame or loss or grief, uh, and you know it, it it we're not saying here that it's going to be fun. No, <laughs> but no. I think what we we're trying to say is that. It's it doesn't worth have it. to be fun. Yeah. But it's worth it. <laughs> we're, we're told this idea that, you know, we, unless something is fun or feels mm. comfortable, that it's, it's not a good thing. That's actually just not the way the world works. Yeah. And I think, think about labour. You know, yes. <laughs> if, if we only believed that doing things that were fun were worth doing, no one would have babies. True. Yes. Uh, on lots of levels. But um, so should we talk a little bit about what we can do? Yeah. So I suppose the big thing about being uncomfortable is that it is a thing that, you know, no one likes to feel uncomfortable. But if you are always, you know, kind of sticking to your routine and you feel at ease and you feel in control, it does actually dull your sensitivities, you know, and what happens is that you start tuning out, you're on autopilot. So if you keep in your comfort zone and stay comfortable all the time, you know, you basically... You're don't kind of grow. Make, no, you, you don't, don't grow. grow. You're keeping you yourself small. Yeah, yeah, you're keeping yourself small. So when you experience new things or when you let new things happen to you, when you are a bit brave and have that conversation, you know, what you're actually saying is Or allow yourself to feel hurt. Yes. You know, well basically allow yourself to feel yeah. in, in, in yeah. whatever that feeling is. That for the next time it gets easier because basically you're rewiring your neural pathways. So the next time you go to do this particular activity, whatever it is that feels uncomfortable, it won't be so uncomfortable the next time because you'll have done it once already. I think another really important thing to do, and this is one of my little techniques that I use a lot personally and I share as much as I can because it is so simple, yet it's actually has has such a big effect, is a thing called uh, CIA which uh, is not uh, the investigation. (laughs) (laughs) We're not sending the feds on you. But uh, basically, it's what can you control, the C, what can you influence, the I, and what what do you have to accept, the A. And if there's an uncomfortable feeling, so let's say, for example, someone's hurt you, but you just don't want to actually sit down and feel that pain. Unless you do, you're not able to sit there and go, okay, what can I control in this situation? I can't control the fact that they love me anymore. Mm. What can I influence in this situation? Well, I can't really influence them. I can only influence how I respond to what moves forward and actually what's good about myself and, and look at my friends and get how do I boost myself and what do I have to accept? Uh, and and uh, so that what can you control? What can you influence? What do you have to accept? Allows you to focus your energy on the areas of control and influence as opposed to where a lot of us spend our time trying to knock our heads against a brick wall, Mm. trying to change things that we actually have to accept. Mm. I'm going to change the behaviour. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to be, you know, the CIA piece is so good for just actually shifting where your energy should go. And even if within that then control and influence, there has to be a bit of discomfort around accepting, well, he just doesn't love me or I behave badly or whatever it might be. The control is back in your hands mm. to then push through that discomfort to go, what can I do? Yes. Following on. And I think that's a similar thing to what I do. You know, it's that thing of like, what's going to happen if I do X or Y? You know, um, I think, you know, even as woke as you can be <laughs> on a daily basis, um, if you're, you know, if you're basically doing things that are difficult, you're going to feel that awkward feeling in your stomach at times. And I think if you are able to just move through it and say, what can I, it's a bit like the CIA, but I just say like, can I change 
what's about to happen or can I have an effect on what's about to happen? And the answer is yes or no. And then you make the change or you don't. And I think these are like little techniques that you it's it's a bit like the self-soothing where you're just basically asking yourself a question and you're you're allowing yourself to give yourself an answer. And you're that also, does make a difference. You're also moving into the when you step into that space of discomfort, you're actually moving your power center if you're sitting on the edge of discomfort, all you're really doing is getting anxious about feeling anxious or being mm. fearful of feeling afraid or mm. feeling sad about feeling sad as opposed to actually addressing uh, the feeling. One of the things I did recently with a client because she really wanted to stop um, eating just stuff for no reason. So uh, coming up to Christmas, she had, you know, her, she we identified what were her kind of key temptations. So it was mince pies, it was cheese in the fridge because they had loads mm. of cheese boards and different things. Um, so I said, okay, come up with the plate times that you're really going to enjoy those dishes. And then any other time you go to have a, a, a piece of cheese out, of the fridge, I mean, she literally sort of described <laughs> going in and scooping cheese out with a spoon. Oh, my God. Um, um, or the mince pie. Stop for a second and assess what am I feeling? Because chances are you're not feeling hungry. Mm. Chances are that's deflecting something else. You are now not sitting, prepared to sit with a moment of discomfort and you're going to distract yourself instead by eating the finch pie or scooping out the cheese. Yeah. And she went, oh, my goodness. OK, so we talked through that a little bit. And what she realised that often when she went to the fridge, it was to stop her actually thinking about how she was dealing with an issue mm. with one of her children yeah. and or her husband. Mm. I said, okay, so how can we replace that? What would you need in order to give you the strength to deal with that situation? So what we actually did was we, we, we kind of brought in her husband into the, the, the mix and said every time she wants to go to the fridge to scoop out cheese or go and have a mince pie, she was to go and find her husband and ask for a hug. Mm, yeah. um, and once he gave her a hug she would either feel a bit better or stronger or he might say what's up or she might say I'm just I need to have this conversation with our daughter or I'm feeling a bit stressed about XYZ and either he, they would talk it through or she might he might suggest going for a walk and we had primed him then to come up with a few things that she might do but it was about just stopping and saying what am I really feeling I'm actually not feeling hungry mm. but I'm going I- to eat this mince pie and that's the biggest, like if you think about the way we kind of distract ourselves, it is often with drink, food, those kind of things, because we can't just say, what are these feelings? You know, what what am I feeling? You want to destroy the feeling, but you destroy yourself yes. instead. Yeah. And I think as, you know, hard as it can seem sometimes when you are in the process of change, and I know over the years, you know, I think I've described in another podcast, you know, having terrible anxiety, you know, a lot of that was just my thoughts and the horrendously uncomfortable feeling I was in because I had no control over things. Well, you and thought you had no control. Yeah, well, I had no... Con- I did have no control over things, but I couldn't accept th- that, you know, which was making me anxious. And then when I finally did actually understand there were things I could control and I needed to look at those feelings and look at why I was feeling the way I was. And, you know, I think a lot of the time we don't look at what we're feeling and yeah. we are distracting. And it's so easy, you know, we're all on phones, we're all, we've got Netflix, we've got more food than we ever need. Um, we drink probably far more than we should, let's face it. And most of the time it's to mask feelings. And that's why being uncomfortable is is so difficult for us because it's uncomfortable and we don't like it. Um, and I think, you know, often 
we think those feelings will go away, but they never do unless we actually sort them out. So going back to what I spoke about at the very beginning, this idea that this actually becomes a skill that we get better at and actually mm. possibly even go as far as I enjoy. Mm. You know, um, once I decided that I was going to leap into the water like a maniac with my goggles <laughs> on um, and become a mermaid, um, I actually started looking forward to that initial <gasps> gasp yes. of shock when you jump into the water mm. and your your body does mm. just freak mm. out. And there are about maybe, you know, it, if you stand at the edge of that water and, and gradually push yourself in, it might take you two or three minutes. Horrible. Yes. And it takes about 20 seconds for your body to actually react and overcome the shock of the cold water if you just plunge yourself in. So by... It's like delayed gratification. It's delayed discomfort. <laughs> if you don't just take the plunge and feel the feeling, you're actually making it far longer and far more uncomfortable. But actually in the process of understanding that just jumping in leads to a greater awareness and a understanding of how you're feeling, you come out the other side and you're, you're far more exhilarated. You're far more able and resilient. There's a wonderful... Um, process that's being discussed a lot now because obviously in the 70s and 80s the terms around you know post-traumatic stress disorder came out and now we're hearing a lot more about post-traumatic uh, growth mm. and that is the idea that actually there isn't just a one-way road through trauma or discomfort that there's actually a road to growth um, and it's a huge part of us developing as people and it's just you know it's like anything if you let it out, we were talking earlier yeah. about the fact that I was watching Mamma Mia 2 the other night and uh, I, I'd had a really funny couple of days, feeling a bit weird. I think it was just the new year, lots of different things happening. And this piece came on and of course I completely forgot it. The mother's died in this and at the mm. end she sort of comes back in a dream and I, my, my mum's anniversary is coming up. Well, I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed at my poor children. Oh, we're really sorry. We didn't mean to choose this film. I said, no, it's brilliant. It's a great film. But I felt so much better. Mm. So much better after I let it. And it literally, it all, I let it all out of my system. I allowed myself to feel the grief because it's actually okay. Mm. And then I felt so much better. And one of the things I think why so many of us are unhappy, and I think that's something that we probably should talk a lot about, you know, more in our society, but there's a lot of... We're not necessarily, not necessarily unhappy, it's more not necessarily content. Yeah, it's it's that just general feeling. Malaise. Yeah, of... Midlife mm, malaise. There's something wrong, but I don't really know what it is. But a lot of the time it's just because we're kind of conforming, we're stuck in ruts, um, you know, and, and we're on autopilot doing things that we haven't really thought about, uh, whether we love them or not, and we're somehow sucked into it. And then before, you know, we've talked about it before, before we know it, we're like on a path where we're going, how did I get here? And I think that's the thing with growing, you know, and actually one of my best friends died a couple of years ago and it was like probably, you know, apart from my dad, one of the most deeply kind of huge losses in my life. And I remember thinking when she died, I was so upset. And uh, But I remember thinking, I'm not going to let this year go by without just making sure that I live every day remembering that I'm alive and that she, you know, she's gone, but I'm still here and I'm going to, in her memory, make the most of it. And I remember... Uh, thinking I had seen a TED talk I think it was um, 
I can't actually remember who, who did it, but it was basically a woman who, uh, I think she was a writer, and she'd said it was her year of saying yes to everything. And I said to myself, right, that's it. This year I am going to say yes to everything, even if it makes me feel so uncomfortable. And, it, you know, that year included walking on fire. That was pretty terrifying. Doing all sorts. Of, like I had a list of things that I was just... And, and basically, if anyone asked me to do something, I pretty much just said yes. Whether it terrified the bejesus out of me or whatever, I just said yes to it. And what was interesting in that year was how much easier it got each time because the well, first... If you're saying yes to everyone, Mary, you're very easy. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not everyone, but anyway, it was that really, it was really, you know, after a while it became liberating because I knew I was going to say yes to whatever it was and I did so many things and I suppose in a way it's kind of, I've kept it going, obviously not to that level, but I've, I've kind of kept it going where I'm just constantly you know, trying new things, doing new things, um, being open to all sorts of opportunities. And what it's done is it's exercised that muscle. So that Absolutely. uncomfortable feeling, it is a moment. Like, yeah. I'm not saying you still feel uncomfortable and it's normal to feel uncomfortable, but you push through it a little bit. And I think that's the really key. And I exactly did the same thing a couple of years ago uh, of just sort of deciding, you know what, I'm going to do a few things that I always have told myself I can't do or I don't do or I'm not just to sort of challenge myself. And the more you do it, the more you realise how many self-limiting beliefs you put up in front of oh yourself. Oh my God, yeah. Um, and I know we're going to wrap up now in a second, but that idea of just practising on things like that is a really good way because then when it comes to sitting with feelings that maybe you it's not about you challenging yourself, but it is mm. about you dealing with something in your life. So setting yourself little challenges and goals of stepping outside your comfort zone, challenging yourself to say things like, oh, have I always said I'm not a runner? You know what? I'm going to go for a run <laughs> yeah, exactly. or whatever it might yeah. be. And then when you practice that muscle and realise, gosh, you know, I really can do more things than I thought I can. And I can live with discomfort. I couldn't have imagined in a million years I could have sat with the discomfort of mm. training for a marathon. I did. Yeah. I couldn't have imagined I could have dealt with the discomfort of jumping into the cold, freezing sea. Mm. Now I love it. Um, and I think a lot of it is about just understanding that uh, the these... Are, we're not meant to have a struggle-free life. No. And that actually struggle is sometimes just an important part of the process. So, for example, you know, I've set up a business in the last year. There's been some times when I've had to really step out of my comfort zone, be uncomfortable as I learn how to do different things. But I now see that as a positive part of the process and I'm okay with it feeling uncomfortable. I'm mm. okay with feeling nervous. I'm okay with feeling a bit scared. Being scared is an absolutely okay feeling mm. uh, as long as you're not obviously in a really dangerous situation, <laughs> yes. um, you know, just to be warned. Yeah. But being scared is an okay feeling. Yeah. Being afraid is an okay feeling. Mm. Being sad is an okay feeling. Being ashamed is an okay feeling. Yeah. Because what all of those feelings will do was get will be to get you somewhere else. Um, and I, I was very sad to hear that a couple of weeks ago, um, Elizabeth Wurzel uh, died at the mm. tender age of 52. Uh, she of Prozac Nation fame. She mm. wrote that when she was 27. She was always a bit of a rule breaker. And in one of her last essays before she died, uh, she wrote an essay looking back on her life and the things that had mattered and different things. And there was one line that stood up and I suppose it's the line for me that makes 
why we do this podcast because we don't want women to ever, ever have this feeling, which is very uncomfortable. She wrote, I was the thing I forgot to do. She'd been so busy being busy with life. I was the thing I forgot to do. Mm. And we don't want anyone to forget to do themselves. And the only way you're ever going to really do yourself well is to understand and acknowledge your feelings, push through them and be a better person on the other side of them. Absolutely. And I think that just makes me well up a bit, you know, that feeling of... Sit with the feeling. Yeah. Sit with it's the feeling. Like, oh. But it's it's so true. And I suppose, you know, it's partly what uh, drives the two of us. I know it does. And, um, you know, and I suppose my passion for helping other people is that for that exact reason, I never want anyone to think that they forgot themselves. Yeah. And, you know, there was a period when I think we both forgot ourselves at times. And it's not nice. Nope. And it's painful. It's painful. But the bit that we didn't skip was the the uncomfortable bit where we did the work. And I suppose that's what we're well, saying. Well, it was only when we went. I can tell you, it was far more painful. Sitting and being it. forget forgetting yeah. myself. Yeah, exactly. And uh, not acknowledging the discomfort. Yes. Than it was to push through the discomfort and come out the other side. Yeah. So take it from us. Yeah. Um, it's okay to sit with discomfort. Um, you may well enjoy the other side far, far more. And I suppose just ending this now, what I would love is uh, when you switch this off to have a little think about one thing you could do this week that is a bit uncomfortable but would give you a little thrill at the end of it and give it a go. And actually, we have our Facebook page set up now. So maybe, you know, if you fancy it and you do it, let us know how you get on. So that's a really great idea. So we were really looking forward to hearing on our Facebook page anyone who has decided to proactively step out of their comfort zone this week. Yeah. Um, Whether that's either just to face up to a feeling you've been having for a long, long time um, and sit with it and then go, oh, God, that didn't kill me. Um, or actually proactively go and do something that you think you couldn't have done or was uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and I think both Marie and I will post something up this week too about something we've done yes. or are planning to do. Yeah. So until next time, um, I hope you learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> uh, because it's okay that it's not okay. Yeah. And that's what we have to get comfortable with. Yeah. And um, enjoy it. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.